Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Welcome, Mom Village, and we're here in a new episode. We're in part two of Communicating with Our People. My name is Chis Marie Ramos, and I'm here with my sweet friends, Kira Kelly. Good morning. Good morning, Village. Hello, Village, and Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And we're going to dive in on part two. We can't wait to share with you what we have here for you guys. So I'll leave Kristen to start this up, Communicating with Our People, Kristen. Yeah, communicating with our people. And this is part two. And ladies, in part one, we started off talking about communicating with our husbands because as somehow it always comes up on no matter what podcast we're talking about that we really need to make that other than our relationship with Jesus, our husbands need to be center. And so we had some takeaways from that. And Kira, think about some of the things that we were talking about and anything key that might pop up into your mind that we Mm -hmm. want to remind our moms about? Anything? I'm putting you on the spot. Well, first off, I think if I remember correctly, we were just challenging the moms and ourselves to make time to date your husband. Mm -hmm. And even if you have babies and toddlers in the house, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be fancy. But ladies, I know all of you are on Pinterest and Pinterest and all these other (laughs) sites give us all these creative ideas. If nothing else, create a date night in your home, in your bedroom. And one thing that I'm about to embark on as we come up on the holidays, I was going to throw this idea out there, is if you can try to decorate your bedroom for Christmas. And that kind of creates like a date night scene. So last year, I think I copied off someone because that's what I do. Um, (laughs) I just pulled together all these different wreaths and ornaments and got new bedding, winter bedding for our bedroom and just created this winter wonderland in our bedroom. So, Mm. hey, I'm going to throw it out there. If you have any ideas that are appropriate for (laughs) the village, please share them. But yeah, mom, be creative and just create some space in your home and on your calendar to date your husband's. What about you, Jason? Anything you remember that we talked about that you want to reiterate today? Oh, wow. Well, I like that idea, though, Kira. I think I'm gonna have, like I was thinking of my sheets and I'm like, oh, those are old and ugly. I will just take that chance and be like, we're dating right now. So I'm going to change some sheets. But yeah, no, I'm excited. We're here in part two to talk about communicating. I know we communicated a lot in part one. We were talking about how Sometimes we have to put our husbands first and communicate with them and try not to put a lot of pressure on them because of past experiences. I remember we talked about that and sometimes we put too much pressure on them unnecessarily due to maybe a childhood experience. And I share some of that in my own experience and just to let them be our husbands, not our fathers, Mm -hmm. not our saviors. Let them lead wisely in a godly way, but without being that fatherly figure that we didn't have, you know, they're our husbands. 
So I remember that I can't wait to dig in into the new topics. Yeah. So one of the things I am thinking about goes along with what you said is that we remember moms, we said that it's not fair for us to put all of our hopes and dreams on the backs of our husbands, that we're supposed to love and care and serve for one another, be each other's best cheerleaders, pick each other up when we're weak. But every single hope and desire that I have, Jimmy is not made to answer all of those. And it's really unfair for me to put that on him. God is the only one that is our true hope. And if we start putting our hope in even the best of relationships like our marriage, we are I'm counting on him. Yeah. I'm counting on him to yes. come through. I'm counting yes. on him there to are be shoulder. faithful. There are shoulder. I'm yeah. counting on him to pick me up when I'm weak, which I feel like I'm getting in my late 40s. I'm having more and more of those moments. <laughs> I'm counting on him. But he is not my ultimate hope. And there's a big difference. Yes. My hope, my surety is in the Lord. And because of that, my marriage can be better because I'm not putting unrealistic expectations on him. But there's a couple of things that we didn't get to in part one that I wanted to just pick up on that communicating with our husbands. And then we're going to talk about a different relationship in regard to communication. But, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but I want to delve a little more. So we move toward the things that we focus on, good or bad, right? And so what are some things, how can we focus on the good with our husbands? What are some things we can do to believe the best about them? What do you think, Jisma? Oh, wow. Well, we've shared before that to always expect the best in them, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in an argument or disagreement, you know, always expect the best of the other person. Like, don't go straight to the negative. They have the best intention. So I think one thing right away I can think of is always expect that the other person wants the best for you. Yeah. You know, even if you're angry, even if they're wrong, even if at that moment they're hard to love, you got to go with the mentality and the heart that they always want the best for you. And I think when we shift our perspective and we go with that mindset, the conversation, the argument, the disagreement, it goes actually better because you love each other and we're not perfect. We always going to have different opinions, but we're expecting the best out of each other. Going back to when you first met the person, what was it about your husband that just made you want him to be your husband? Oh my God, you just made me smile. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about those foundational Mm -hmm. moments, what Mm -hmm. was it about him? And I think just to reiterate what you were saying is to focus on what you see in him that reflects the light of Christ. Mm. It is so easy for us in the day to day to get focused on the negative things, but just seeing what is it that he's doing? How is he leading our family well? And sometimes, I mean, I'm guilty of just not even saying it verbally, but I'm catching myself a little more often now and saying it out loud and saying Mm -hmm. it in front of our children so that they recognize and that they can see. And so that my boys will recognize as we're training them to be hopefully, you know, leaders and husbands and fathers in the future that they see, you know, what those qualities are that our husbands in their day-to-day life that are replicating you know, the life of Christ. And I think communicating also, for us, we're emotional beings. The emotional aspect is there all the time. And I feel like for guys, you got to remind them how hard they work. They know they work hard. But the fact that you're the one saying it, you know, wow, like I appreciate that you work so hard for us to actually go on this vacation. Oh, thank you for working long hours. I know these days are long hours, but I want you to know that I see it. And that I appreciate it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know it's hard and you will prefer to be at home with the kids too. But I want you to know that I'm acknowledging that I know. 
I know it's mm-hmm. hard and I appreciate your hard work. It doesn't have to be a special occasion. It's just a day-to-day reminder that I know you work hard for a purpose and because you love us and you're sacrificing your time and you wish to be doing other things as well. But you're sacrificing your desires and what you want to do for me to go and do my hair or for me to have a little time out with the kids or even just to go grab like Chick-fil-A, you know, you're working hard for those little things. And I see it, I acknowledge, and I just want you to know that I know it. I mean, simple things like that. You might think it's like, well, why do they need to know? I'm thankful that you're paying for Chick-fil-A. They need to know as much as we need to know. They need to know as much as they tell us, hey, thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for folding all that laundry. Hey, they need to know as well. Right. Great point, Jasma, because a lot of times we think we don't need to compliment somebody on something that is expected of them Mm -hmm. or something that is required of them. Mm -hmm. And then to turn it on ourselves always gives us a different perspective. And this is not how every home is ordered, but in our home, I'm generally the cook. The kids and I pitch in and help. Jimmy doesn't really do a lot of that. He's a master griller, but (laughs) he doesn't love to cook. I'm the one that keeps the house tidy. You know, my kids do too, but you know what I'm saying? Generally, those things don't fall on him. That's just how we ordered our home, ladies. I'm not expecting that to be in every home. But I still like it when Jimmy tells me, thank you for cooking a great meal or wow, the house looks great today or thanks for getting our finances in order or whatever. Those things are expectations in our home Mm -hmm. that he and I have agreed to, but I still like to be acknowledged for it. And so does Mm -hmm. he. And so, yeah, the little things matter and they're important. And our husbands are generally not going to go around talking about how hard they work Mm -hmm. or how much they sacrifice, but it makes them feel important and valued when we acknowledge it. And so I start thinking a lot during the day, like, What can I say to him later? We've talked before about the need to have a staff meeting with Mm -hmm. our husbands. I think that's a great way of communication. We won't go into that as much because we've already talked about it. But that we said in that staff meeting, we were going to make a list about things we need to talk about. Well, likewise, I try to make a list sometimes about, oh, I need to remind myself to tell him this. (laughs) Thank you for this. Or I really noticed this quality in him. I'm moving towards the things I'm focusing on. So when I'm making this list of he did this or that, or he worked hard, or he brought me flowers for no reason, or he brought me an iced coffee and put it by my bed. I'm going to make sure I go overboard to thank him for these things because I want in my communication starts in my mind. So it's not just the words I speak. I speak the words that I'm dwelling on. And so if I can set my mind right in this relationship to Believe the best in him, like you said, Mm -hmm. to focus on the things that I'm grateful for in him and then to verbally communicate those things to my children in front of him behind his back, you know, that Mm -hmm. I am moving towards the things I'm focusing on. So I'm moving towards this grateful, deep love for him. And I'm going to start noticing more of those things. If I am constantly keeping a list, whether it be mental or physical, of all the wrongs that he's done towards me, I'm going to move towards that. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right? And we use it a lot in marriage, but it it means so much more than that. Mm -hmm. But one of the phrases that I do think a lot between Jimmy and me and am I good at this is true agape love keeps no record of wrong. And so it's not that I don't know that he's done things. I'm just not bringing that up to him over and over. I do sometimes. Okay. I'm not saying, but, but if I'm walking in Christ, if I'm having a Christian marriage, if I'm doing my part, that I'm not 
dwelling on those and things. that's yes. the hard part yeah because ladies this is not easy no. it's not easy but we have to too give room for jesus to step in and, exactly. and, and move <laughs> yeah it's not so easy often, we have to do it yeah we want to move but. well and how about the fact that i'm begging him in my heart to extend that same grace, grace. to me mm-hmm. yeah. and that i don't want him hovering over me when he's said this is different than saying things that are concerning or things that need to be brought up but once that's been done that i give him the space to do it and that i'm not hovering over him, just yeah. like if he has expressed something in me that needs to be different, that he's allowing me to have space and and how and hypocrite room. from our part to do the opposite and not model that, yeah, and not be intentional about that and asking that from them without us doing it. Yeah. And it's hard, ladies. We, especially women, we're very prideful, and sometimes, like you were saying, we feel because they're everyday things. You know, we don't feel we have to, but then it's just one little thing at a time. It's just one little, and then if you use it actually in a positive way, one little thing at a time actually speak louder. Mm-hmm. The big gestures, random big gestures. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about how, you know, communication is mental, that it starts in our minds. The things that we're dwelling on and focusing on come out in our words and our actions. And so we've also talked about this subject before, but just to reiterate it is that sex is a big part of communicating with our spouse and We talked, actually, I don't know whether they'll hear this before or after we have Sarah Rayner talking about mental health with our teens and that we always need to be putting God's design in front of our kids as to sexuality being tied to marriage. And so a big part of how we play that out in our home is the way that we actually interact with our husband and our kids see that. I mean, they're not seeing us when the, you know, doing that. My gosh. <laughs> Holy smokes. That came out wrong. But that they they know that that's an important component of marriage and that mom and dad actually like each other and that's we the, might have to delete that part, Justin. I don't no, know. keep it. Hey, that's the first advice, mom. Don't let them see you, okay? Whatever no. you have to do, put a sign, put a sticker, emoji, whatever it is, lock the door twice. But they see you loving each other, and that's really important. But in order for them to see that that's important, it has to actually be happening. Yeah. And so, what do you think about that? How do you make that a priority in the midst of nursing babies, cleaning up messes? working outside the home, picking kids up from carpool. How in the world does that not get pushed to the side in the midst of everything else that's expected of us? Well, uh, I don't know that I necessarily have an answer, but I do have a suggestion. I'm a big planner, and I know this isn't really romantic at all, but there are times, ladies, that I would encourage us to, even with our husbands, to sit down and to schedule it. It just depends on the season of life that you're in. You know, as we were talking earlier, some of us have babies and toddlers that are going to bed at seven o'clock, which may make life a little easier to maneuver. And there are some of us who have teenagers that are up until midnight and beyond. So I would encourage just depending on where you are in your life that you have to just like we plan everything else. And for me, when I put it down on my planner, it usually happens. Mm -hmm. If I don't, it does not. So I know it is not romantic at all, but you just have to make it happen. Sometimes you have to just text your husband or text your wife and say, hey, Thursday is going to be the night or, you know, whatever it may be (laughs) to really plan it, to be very intentional about having that kind of intimate time. I mean, just like we plan time with our girlfriends or with our guy nights out, we have to do the same with our spouse. I mean, I think it's crucial. Kristen, you shared before that you said before, well, people will think that's not spontaneous, but 
it's not spontaneous if you don't do it. You know, yeah. you shared before. <laughs> right. and, um, and that speak louder too. You have shared before, we shared before in Time Management, our previous podcast, that if you don't do it, I mean, that's just a lot of things louder that you're giving priority to a lot of things, but that, yeah. you know, and let's be honest, men are creative physical, you know, that's a huge part of their nature. Yeah. And it may take sacrifices on either end. It may have to be, let's get up early in the morning or, you know, stay up a little later, but we just got to kind of make it happen. And I would also say, if you have the opportunity and you have friends or family around, even if you sneak off for just a staycation right yeah. here in beautiful West Palm Beach and get away, you know, make it a priority that you take time even throughout your year to schedule time away from your home with your spouse. Well, I think if we polled all the husbands and they could say this anonymously and they would say, would you rather not be quite as romantic and have scheduled time for that with your wife or just leave it up to chance? <laughs> I mean, Justin, you're a husband. <laughs> We'll have to do an interview with Justin here. Or I mean, most husbands are going to say, let's schedule that thing. Yeah. And it's more than just they are created physical beings. And that's so true. And they're attracted by sight and smell and all these things. And it's different for men than it is for women. But men are emotional, too. And part of what that communicates to our husbands when we make that a priority, putting it on the calendar or whatever, is that they're important, important. to us yeah. and we value them because mm -hmm. it's more than just the physical act, mm -hmm. although that's a huge component of it. It's also just, man, I love you so much. I respect you so much. I admire you so much that you are a priority to mm -hmm. me and I want you. And so that's big and it's important and we have to make sure that we're making that a priority. And what happens is when that gets out of whack, everything's out of whack. Oh, yes. We tend to get more edgy, more frustrated, more concerned about things. Where our communication with them, it gets blocked. It gets mm -hmm. blocked. They can't hear anything else and don't want to hear anything else. And <laughs> when we tell them that we love them and we're not doing that, they don't receive mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I just know that when that part is right, everything else tends to fall into place. And so that's really a huge aspect of it. And that part of communication, as we were saying, it's God's design. It's so beautiful. Sadly, our world has twisted, it, yeah. it has twisted and degraded the beauty of sex between a marriage couple because our world has a toxic way to explain sexuality that I feel like even when you try to explain to your kids and everything, that's why we were saying like, if you model this well, when it's the right time to explain this to your kids, it's going to be received well. But you want to do it. We were talking to Sarah Rayner about this, the doctor. You want to do it sooner than the world because the way the world explains this is so toxic that it takes everything out of balance. When you have a healthy marriage and a healthy communication, it's a healthy sexual life. And it's beautiful. It's God's design when you do it in the marriage. And I hate how the world just treated even when people that are married that they don't know the lower how it's just too deprivating, I can say. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And part of your marriage and the communication you have between your husband is the sexual life. And it's beautiful. And a lot of people have a taboo like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to explain it to my kids. I don't even want. Why not? The world is going to talk about it. Yeah. People are going to mm -hmm. tell your kids. They better hear from you in yeah, a yeah. beautiful atmosphere and the home from your husband, their parent that is beautiful because it's done well, it's done 
in God's design. Yeah. And just, I would say if logistically, if there's roadblocks that are causing that to not be a priority, and I don't mean about abuse mm-hmm. in past and all that, yeah. there's something that counselors need to step in and help. But I mean, roadblocks like scheduling problems, mm-hmm. like my schedule's too busy, or maybe I feel like I'm pulling too much weight here. And by the time it's time for me to get in the bed, I don't feel like a passionate person, you know, I feel like an exhausted person. So how are there some ways that we can communicate with our spouse to say, hey, how can we together work in our schedule to free some of this up so that we can both make this a priority? So we could probably talk about podcast after podcast about husbands, and we'll obviously talk more about that. But let's transition to another relationship. Let's talk about the other woman mm. in his life. Mm. And don't get scared. Other woman. I, I, I don't mean. What do you mean? I don't mean the other lover woman. or mistress. That that ain't gonna work out. Don't but, get confused, mom. But, uh, That's I'm not ta- that village. I'm talking about his mom. And so let's talk about how to communicate with our people. Part two is how to talk to his mom and our mother-in-laws. And ladies, I got to tell you the truth. Wait, wait, say that again. Our mother-in-laws? Our mother-in-laws. And so... No more jokes of mother-in-law. <laughs> None of that. None and of that. so, you know, we've called these segments communicating with our people and started with our husbands. And we're going to have some more of these when we talk about communicating with our people in relation to our children. But mother-in-laws are a big deal, right? Yeah, and it's funny. Deal. I was yeah. telling Kira this morning, Jason, before you got here, I Googled problems with mother-in-laws and how to solve it. And girls, I couldn't get to the end of all the articles. <laughs> They were unbelievably lengthy, and there were a multitude of them. So then I thought, well, they're probably written by mother. Let me Google problems with father-in-laws. Crickets. <laughs> there, there, there was maybe two articles, and most of them really talked about the mother-in-law. I yeah. think they were just trying to not be sexist. Yeah. yeah, or she made me write it. And so I thought, man, women can be nasty creatures. All of us, you know. And so how important this relationship is. And the truth is, whether you like it or not, he loved her first. That's true. And you know, they love their moms, and it can be such a beautiful relationship, but. I Googled in one of the articles that I got depressed about. See, now I am a mother-in-law. And so (laughs) I see this in a different way. But it was said like 60 to 70% of women will say that they have deep problems in that relationship. Oh, wow. How sad. And so so that's why we're talking about this this morning. You know, there's mother-in-law jokes. There's eye rolls about mother-in-laws. There's some real problems in that relationship. But how can we do our part to make that a great relationship? Now, I will say this just to disclose. The Lord has blessed me with a great one. And I'm not just saying that because I think she might be listening. (laughs) I really do love my mother-in-law. And she has been such a great example to me of what a good one looks like. She's helped me. I don't think she's ever told me no when I've needed something And she has not judged me. She has not offered unsolicited advice. She's just been such a cheerleader in my life. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I hope that some of the things that she's taught me, I'm now reciprocating with with my girls, my daughter and my two beautiful daughter-in-laws. And honestly, I love both of them. I don't know if they love me. I hope so. (laughs) But I feel like I've hit the jackpot both in mother-in-law and daughter-in-law land. And so I'm super grateful for that. But let's talk about this for just a little while. 
This is important. Yeah. Very important. Let's just start by saying a good way to approach this, I feel, is even if you have a good relationship or not so good relationship with your mother-in-law, picture it like this. She's the, even if your spouse had a good mom or not, she was the one that actually made him choose you. Yeah. What a great picture to start there. Mm -hmm. Because even if she was a good example or not, she rates him and he made good choices. And out of all the women in the world, he picked Chosen. you. Yeah. So something good came out of that mother-in-law. Yeah. Okay, so let's start there. Even if you can't find a good attribute to your mother-in-law, be like, you know what? I'm thankful that your mom raised you so well. You were wise enough to marry me. So <laughs> there's something good there. I do have to say my mother-in-law too, I am blessed to say, and again, not because she's listening, but she is amazing. I do love, love my mother-in-law and she is a great mom. She is a great woman of the word and of the gospel. I am blessed to honestly call her like another mom because I moved here from a different country. Literally, they became my family. Mm. And till today, I cannot say anything negative about her. She's been a rock um, spiritually and for my kids and everything. And I love her dearly. But I do understand because I have siblings. I have a lot of sisters and they have not so good experience with mother-in-laws, you know. But I think if you start from the point of, okay, she was the one that raised, and I'm a mom now, and I have my boys. Mm -hmm. So I try to put myself in their shoes and be like, I have boys, I have my own kids, and I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that helps my kids. And like I said, they raised them well because he picked me, and then at least there's something good there. How about you, Kira? Well, I have to say, I love my mother-in-law because from the very beginning, she encouraged Eric to keep himself together physically because Come he on. had this hot young wife. So just from the very <laughs> beginning, she recognized greatness in me. <laughs> yeah, Come on. I like that. So she has always been my cheerleader. What I can say is that now that I am a mother... Mm -hmm. I see the role of a mother-in-law differently. My boys are not married yet. Hopefully they will be one day. Yeah, when um, they're 45, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I, you know what? I love when the Lord kind of takes things full circle. I can now put myself in the position of any mother-in-law. You know, when you raise a child and you have to release them and let them go, and you begin to realize that you won't be the first woman in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, for some moms, that has to be a struggle. So even thinking about that now in those terms, I can give a lot of mother-in-laws grace because I want that kind of grace. Yeah. I just want to say I love my mother-in-law and we are in a totally different season than we were 22 years ago. I was a young whippersnapper that didn't know anything. And now I think that I've gained just a little bit more wisdom. And I love that my mother-in-law she has always just been in my corner, always mm -hmm. been in my corner. She will talk to Eric and say, hey, you know, listen to your wife. She's your number one. Or if we're talking through some things, we've never involved our parents in our marriage. Right. But she's always just encouraging. I think because she's a very strong woman and she thinks that the woman <laughs> just mm -hmm. knows a whole lot. But she's always been so helpful. So what I would say out there is for wives to think about that. You look at your little boys, you look at your little girls and they are the apple of your eye. But then when you have to release them, that's a hard process. So let's give the mother-in-law's out there a little grace. Yes. And just be gracious with them. Be gracious. <laughs> so I was telling Kira and Jisma, moms who are listening earlier, that I was listening to someone else's podcast the other day about being a mom. And as far as I know, it was a secular podcast and I only heard a snippet of it, but it was a lady who was a writer and she said, I have sons 
And I feel like having a son is like getting broken up with a little bit at a time. And I thought that was so funny and it hit me in a moment and I cried in my bed when I was listening to it because that is kind of what it feels like. But it's right. And she even acknowledged that. She said it would be weird if that weren't happening, but that this little boy is born and you're the apple of his eye and he thinks you can do no wrong. And they talk about wanting to marry you when they grow up, you know, in in a very innocent way. And then they hit middle school and it's like, mom, drop me off at the corner corner (laughs) and and carry on. And when they get in college, they do tend to come back to you and realize that you are pretty great. But one day they're going to meet this woman. And they are going to do exactly what Genesis says they're going to do. And they're going to leave their mom and dad and they're going to cleave to this woman. And that is such a right and beautiful and healthy thing. And how horrible and wicked of me as a mom of boys to do anything to keep that relationship from thriving. I mean, I think about how much joy I have in being married to Jimmy and how I love being his wife. Why would I not want my daughters and my sons to experience that? How narcissistic of me to always mm -hmm. secretly wanting to be the best thing for them. That's horrible. I've failed as a mom, if that's true. And so I want my sons to adore their wives. If they have to choose them or me, I want them to choose them every time. And they do. I don't have to tell them that. Trust me. (laughs) They love their wives and I want them to. I want my daughter-in-law to know that I'm in her corner, that I'm cheering them on. that I'm joyfully releasing my son to her because I know that she loves him and she loves him in a different way than me. And she's going to know him better than I do in a different way because he's going to let her see that. That is good and healthy and right. And so it's my job to step back and just be a cheerleader. And so what are some things that we've talked about how we love our mother-in-laws? Well, if there's 60 to 70% of women out there who are struggling, a lot of our listeners are not feeling what we're feeling towards this relationship. So what would you say to them? What can they do to make it better? We know they can't change their mother-in-law. And there's some mother-in-laws that are just flat out mean Mm -hmm. and nosy. My mother-in-law tells a story about her mom had a mother-in-law. I can say this now. Mimi, don't get mad at me. But because (laughs) both of them are in heaven now. But her mom's mother-in-law would come to her house. And while she was at work, the mother-in-law would rearrange the furniture in their living room and then talk about how she had not done a good job. And so she had to come in and help her son have a better setup. Can you imagine (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) And so needless to say, I don't think that was my husband's grandmother's favorite person in the whole wide world. But there are people like that. Mm -hmm. And we can't really change how people are. But what are some things that our listeners can do to make that relationship with their mother-in-law better? I would say that goes back to the communication with our husband. Yeah, I was going to say, setting those boundaries with your husband. It's going to start in your home, not your mother That's why we started talking about the husbands, because if you don't have good communication with your husbands, You can tackle this, but when you have good, healthy communication with your husband, you can then together talk about it and put some boundaries and just talk about how your mother-in-law can be helpful and then there's no tension because if there's any tension and you address it to your husband, but there's no communication, guess what? He's always go to mama, you know, but when there's good communication and you are marriage center 
and your marriage is first, if any disagreement with your mother-in-law is going to come alone, you'll be able to resolve it together. I will say, don't go resolve things by yourself mm-hmm. with mother-in-laws. That's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. You know, if she's a mother-in-law, she's going to go with her son because naturally that's our son. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's just a healthy boundary to put around your marriage in of general. Course. When you're having issues within your marriage, maybe that's something that you and your husband need to establish at the beginning. Hey, you know, whatever's going on in our home, we're going to keep it in our home so it doesn't mm-hmm. involve the mother-in-law, the sister-in-law, the brother-in-law. Because when the husband and wife have forgiven each other and we were going on about our happy way, you know, moms may not be as willing to forgive a daughter-in-law. So I would say, you know, definitely have in that covenant relationship, have those very sacred boundaries of what's going on in your home to not involve everyone else. I would say too, you just reminded me, I remember the first year we were getting married, we got counseling. And then one of the things that the counselor said that I have never forgotten, He said, always speak highly of your relationship and your families, your in-laws and everything to each other's family. Like never say anything negative. And it's not like we're going to be all everything is perfect. What what I'm saying is even if you have the chance to say anything negatively, don't say it just because it's not healthy because they're Mm -hmm. always going to see that's their son. That's their son. So every time I speak to my mother-in-law, even if there's something I'm struggling with, I go with the good heart, you know, and I present it like, hey, you know your son better. How do you think? Because I know she's going to give me good advice. So mom, listening, it's only because I know she's a good mother-in-law. Even if she's not, I'll be wise how I choose my words, but always speak highly. Like even with my own family, my sisters, because I have a lot of sisters, I always speak highly of my husband. I never, even if the situation doesn't present to be like that, I say, hey, maybe he's having a hard time today, but I know he got it. I know Mm -hmm. we're praying together about it. I always speak highly about my marriage to the other side of the family, to both sides of the family, because like Kira said, that's in our context of our marriage together. And if you're always speaking negatively, guess what? That's not going to bring good fruit to Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So the Bible says as much as it has to do with us, we have Mm -hmm. to live at peace. And there's always reasons that we can go negative and say, well, I'm not going to have a good relationship because she does this or that. Mm -hmm. That's not about me. Mm -hmm. My job is to love unconditionally and believe the best and focus on the right things, just like I need to do with my husband, but that you two are one flesh. And so there is no mom or dad of mine or his getting in the middle of us Mm -hmm. because we're one. And that's really important to keep that in mind. And so just practical things in our marriage that we've done that I think have really helped is if there's anything that needs to be said to his family, he says it. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I just smile and (laughs) let it be. And that has worked for us. And honestly, I'm just blessed because I can't even think of a time where I've had to say like, yeah, you need to get your mom in line. It's not like that. But just even things that need to be addressed at all, he does it. And it's my job to help him honor his parents because no, he's not obeying them anymore. But the Bible does tell us to honor Honor, our mother and father and that it will go well for us. And so part of my job and being a helpmate for him is helping his honor, honor his family. And so I need to be pointing out great things about his parents and helping him see those things. 
And I did have a little practical thing that when I was a young mom, I was in a Bible study and the lady taught it, said that one of the things that she does for her mother-in-law periodically, not every year, is she sends flowers to her on her son's birthday. Mm -hmm. So on my husband's birthday, I would send his mom flowers. And I've done that a few times, not because I'm so awesome. I just heard somebody (laughs) say it. I'm like, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. But I, I wrote on the card, thank you for having Jimmy and for raising him on his birthday, because gosh, I think about my sons and the love I have for them. Mm -hmm. Well, she hasn't quit loving Jimmy because he's married. No, And so part of my job is to honor her and to love her and to be grateful for the things that she taught him whenever he was young and as a teenager and as a young adult. And what a gift that that is to me. And I want to honor her in that. And I think that's really, really important to believe the best, to think the best things, to love her for what she's done. And even ladies, if you have the meanest mother-in-law in the whole world, Jisma, you're exactly right. She did have your husband. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen that insurance commercial where Tina Fey is with Mayhem yes. and Mayhem's the mother-in-law yes. and she goes, how could you produce a human that I love so much? But if nothing else, she's done yeah. that, right? Yeah. And so we can be grateful for that. And just as future mother in laws, we begin to release our sons. We have to have a good marriage because we've talked about before our children leave us. And so we better be putting all of our stock in our relationship with Jesus and our relationship and our husbands because our kids are going to leave. And it's a good thing. It's Mm -hmm. a wrong thing if they don't. Mm -hmm. So, And I feel, mom, if you feel like you're in a position that you feel like you're all the time trying to fight for that affection from the mother-in-law and it's a never ending trying to please and you're not getting it, that means that you have to have a conversation with your husband, like Kristen said, and let them talk about it because your job is not to gain your mother-in-law's affection. Your job is to love your husband. And then if there's something going on, then you guys can work on it together. And then he can communicate to her what's happening because you're a wife first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies, anything else before we wrap up? There's always a lot to say, but (laughs) we'll have some more communicating with our people because there's a lot of people in our lives. Yeah. So I think for now, we'll wrap this up and we'll continue more. We have a couple more segments in this that we'll continue to do. And so for now, think of ways that you can love your mother-in-law, be sweet to her, even if it's a volatile situation, you could send her a note. But we're going to sign off for now as you're thinking of ways to be sweet to your (laughs) mother-in-law. And so on the count of three, ladies, one, two, three. Bye. Bye.